gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then... They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, And that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. If asked to describe the season of Advent, I suspect most people in their definition would have the word waiting in there somewhere. It's a time of waiting, and that would be correct. But then another question emerges from that. What or who are we waiting for? Are we waiting for a baby to be born? A king to come? Are we waiting for this world to end so that God can usher in the reign of his kingdom and establish justice and peace where the meek will inherit the earth and the poor receive what they have long deserved? Any of those answers would be correct. My fear, however, is that there are some who wouldn't give any of those answers that there are some who aren't waiting for anything because we don't believe in miracles that much anymore. And people don't expect judgment. And they don't want to hear that we will all have to give an account of our lives before God. Like the artwork on our screen, The Last Judgment, it can be a very foreboding thought. Of course, there are people who are waiting, but maybe waiting for the wrong things or waiting for things that they've given too much emphasis to. Sometimes we end up using Advent as a season to wait for cards and gifts and parties and parties and parties, visitors, more traffic on the highways, longer lines in the stores, 
a hectic pace in these next four weeks with all kinds of irate people in the shopping places, in our homes, even in our churches. Until finally we all collapse when it's all over and we go into the new year exhausted, a few pounds heavier and many dollars lighter. I just don't think that's what the church, or dare I speak for God, intended this season to be. It's certainly about waiting. But Advent waiting isn't a passive type of activity. Advent waiting is active. It's responsive. It's a dynamic kind of waiting for the Lord that we do by participating now in this life so that we can make the life of the world yet to come very visible. Let me say that again. We are waiting for the Lord by participating now in the life of the world that is yet to come. For example, if we are waiting for everlasting life, then we should choose to protect life now. And that means protecting life wherever it's threatened, in the womb, in prisons, on our borders, in our hospitals, in countries with unstable governments, and in the ghettos of our own cities. Or do we want to experience mercy when we stand before the judgment seat of God? If we are waiting for that then right now, we need to show mercy to others, to our loved ones who wronged us, to those people that we target as our enemies, or to strangers in need of assistance, anyone who cries out for mercy. And then if we want to rest in eternal peace, then we need to be peacemakers now by curbing our tongues or giving up the kind of paranoia that sees aggression or that breeds aggression, I should say. Give up all kinds of forms of violence, including violence to ourselves, to our own bodies. So in short, we act this way now, not just because the kingdom of God is something we're waiting for, it's something that's coming, We do that now because the kingdom of God is already here. And Jesus has said that. The kingdom of God is in your midst. If we don't recognize it, it might be because we're not participating in those actions that make the kingdom visible. So that's the whole paradox of this kingdom of God mystery. It was probably the most prominent of Jesus' teaching and the most obscure. He never tells us exactly what it is. He tells us the kingdom of God is here, and yet it's still in a process of coming. As it has been for the past 2,000 years, it's something that unfolds in human history and in the moments of our lives. And as we wait for that kingdom to unfold and to come in its full revelation, 
We're called to act in a way that makes that kingdom visible. The opening prayer of the Mass said it so eloquently when we asked God to give us the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds. To run forth to meet Christ with righteous deeds, with actions, with behavior. It says run forth. That means we don't saunter. We don't walk. We don't take detours. And there are plenty at this time of year. Instead, we're called to run forth to meet Christ by performing those actions and those deeds that don't force the kingdom to come because the kingdom is a gift from God. Those actions, as I said, make the kingdom visible. Actions like defending life and showing mercy and being peacemakers and maybe just plain old being nice. If it's that kind of running that we do in Advent, this active waiting running, then I don't think we'll have to worry about collapsing on Christmas Day because we're exhausted. Because that kind of behavior, that kind of action, it's where energy creates energy. And on Christmas Day, when we come to sing joy to the world, the Lord is come. That joy will resound from hearts that are energized and alive and vibrant. And that show forth in our lives the very activities for which God desired to make us and which make the world the way God wants it to be.